0: Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. Good, good. Today, um, just coming probably out of um, my journey at the beginning of the year, I really felt God spoke to me that a theme that I really needed to pick up was just to be bold in the gospel and as my theme for the year. But when you talk about being bold in the gospel, you can always, in a way, uh, go back to thinking about the gospel, that moment when you respond to Jesus Christ, give your heart to God. But the gospel is more than just one event. The gospel is actually a journey that you and I embrace. We go on in our life. It's about God changing us. The gospel of Jesus Christ, that Jesus came, he died. He overcame the power of death. He, he came, uh, took the keys out of Satan's hands, marched out of hell. He's a risen saviour. He's a, he's a conquering king. He today sits at the right hand of God the Father. He makes intercession for us. He's released the Holy Spirit on our behalf to live and dwell within our life. And he's a change agent. Amen. And uh, the Bible says what Jesus did, uh, Jesus spoke these words himself. He said, what I did when I was on earth, greater will you do in my name. And so when you think of the gospel, it's just more than one event. I got saved when I was 12, but I'm still being saved. Is anybody like that? Come on, how many are being saved? Um, and, and really salvation, when you think of the gospel, it's, it is about God saving you from sin, but it's about God saving you from the impact of sin. It's about God saving you from the degenerate power and the work of the enemy on our life. And so today I, I really, you know, probably building on the one another series, I want to do two things. I want to talk about God's healing power. And I'm going to talk about six ways God can heal this morning and tonight. And we're going to finish with communion. And we believe tonight when we take communion, healing is going to break out in this building. So you would not want to miss out. You need to be here because I believe the healing power of God is going to break out and do phenomenal things in our midst. But, what we also need to do is we need to create uh, a, 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 an atmosphere where every single person in A Christ Christchurch is equipped to minister healing. because we don't we don't believe that it's just in the hands of a few. It's in the hands of the body. And I believe that God is right now wanting to empower the church to release his healing grace. Amen. And when we understand that, we will feel empowered. It's not really on how you feel, but it's on the commission of what God's called you to do. Uh, Helen and I lived in London for seven years, and in that time, I read an article in a Christian magazine or paper, I can't quite remember, where there was this girl, she got saved, and and I'm not saying this to to put her down because she had amazing faith, but she was illiterate. She'd never uh, done well at school, she'd pulled out of school, found Christ as a savior, and just read the Bible somehow, Uh, people ministered into her life, and she just knew that she had the gift of healing. And the testimony was that she would just go round, I'm not sure of her theology, but God really honored her faith. She would just go around London and she'd come up to people who had need and she'd just say, she just had a simple prayer, I heal you in the name of Jesus. Normally I would say in Jesus' name, I release the healing power of God. But she just simply says, no, I heal you in the name of Jesus. The amazing thing, wherever this girl went, people were healed. And so people started to find out, who is the girl, almost like the guy who wrote Eternity in Sydney? Who is this girl? And so they tracked her down because there were just massive testimonies of people being healed through the simple face of this woman going around the streets of London. And, uh, you know, I I read that and I thought, man, just only if the body of Christ could get hold of that, you know, that we would have faith. And, And she wouldn't have been the perfect girl. She would have had her struggles. But she believed that God had equipped her to heal people. And I believe we need to release the power of God. God is right now not gonna move so much through the superstars, but he wants to move through you, amen? He wants to use you and to to release the power of God. When you look in scripture, uh, you have Luke chapter four, verses 18 and 19. And this is the story of Jesus when he comes out of the wilderness, uh, empowered by God, and he stands up in the synagogue and he just says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you because he has anointed me. And he says, He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Great, The greatest protest we can bring to New Zealand is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can stand up with placards, you can do whatever you like, but the greatest protest is the gospel of Jesus. That's what changes the human heart. You, you, protesting everything else won't change the human heart, but the human heart can only be saved, changed through the gospel of Jesus. He says, uh, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Man, you know, just traveling the world, brokenness is part of everyday life. Within your family, my family, doesn't matter. You don't have to stretch your arm very far to find brokenness. And you know God has anointed you and I to reach into broken humanity and bring healing. Perhaps you're here today and you need healing. You're in the right environment. This is where God wants to heal. That's what church is about. Reaching into the brokenness of our humanity. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. Tonight I want to talk about oppression because oppression is robbing Christians of their salvation. It's robbing people. And I want to break the power of oppression tonight. You need to be here if you're under oppression, you're under a cloud. I want to bring light into that area because God wants to break it. We need to see that God is here to deliver people. It's not about medication. Sometimes people need medication, but come on, the greatest power of freedom and liberty comes through the name of Jesus. And we need to rise up and create an environment for that to happen. Proclaim the uh, acceptable year of the Lord. And I believe we're, living in a day where God is wanting to see the church rise and be everything that he's called it to be. The early disciples, they went out and they preached in Mark chapter 6, verses 12 to 13. So they went out and preached that people should repent. They cast out many demons, they anointed with oil, many who were sick and healed them. So it wasn't just Jesus. The disciples went and did it. And then, you know, the scripture, which I haven't put up because I'm just limited in the amount of scriptures I'm putting up today, because you could put many, but I'm just limiting it. What you gotta see is the, the Bible actually says greater will you and I do in his name, because we believe. Come on, we need the greater right now. I think Sam talked about that last week. Bold in the gospel. Uh, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And really, in a way, we just need to get that unashamed face about the gospel of Jesus. Amen? Yeah. Come on, don't, don't stand behind. Come out, be Be bold. And that's my challenge is even, I think I'm bold and pretty bold anyhow, but the Holy Spirit is saying, come on, Bruce, I want you to be bold in the gospel. I want you to proclaim with a greater authority, a greater strength, a greater boldness. And when you do, my, 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 my gospel is about not just the day of salvation, but it's about healing. It's about setting their press free. It's about breaking into broken humanity. It's about God healing. And we just need to see that environment created in a stronger way. The two areas that I want to talk about this morning, one I'll probably labour a lot because I think the Holy Spirit has told me to, um, and is is really uh, God, so I'm going to talk about six areas where God heals. Most of them, the one I'll talk about this morning, I'll give you two scriptures. Most I'm only giving one. If Steve Graham was here, he'd do the whole study. (laughs) But I'm not Steve Graham, I'm just giving you a a taste. Amen? It's really creating an appetite, a hunger to get more. That's really what I'm doing, okay? And so but so I'm not going through, it's not a massive Bible study, but what I want to do is create an appetite in you. Amen? How many are hungry? How many are hungry? Not many. <laughs> Come on, we need hunger in the house. The first one I, was, I want to talk about is through overcoming. Through overcoming. One of the areas that you learn probably through your own humanity is when you get saved, You know God's forgiven you. I remember my baptism really clearly when I was baptized on water. Amazing. Last Sunday, I I baptized one of my grandsons. He's 14. And he asked me to do it. He could ask many people, but he said, I want Pa to do it. And, uh, you know, just amazing when you're baptizing your grandkids. And I I sat there and I felt felt really honored that he'd asked me. Because he could ask anyone, but he asked me. And then I stopped to realize that you know, 10 of my grandchildren, I've got 12, have all been baptized. So I'm testifying to God's goodness, amen. But I remember, I remember my baptism. Now, now it wasn't the water that cleansed me, it's the blood of Jesus, but I remember standing out, out of the water and feeling whole, clean. I just remember, it was, just, it was, it was a faith thing, but I remember what I felt inside me. I knew that God had broken me free from shame and God had delivered me from the things that I'd done in the past. And I didn't have a good past. It wasn't a bad, bad past, but it was bad enough to call it sin. (laughs) Amen. And so I had a past, but shame I was freed from. I knew I was forgiven. It was like God dealt with him. But then I realized that, you know, as I journeyed in life, I still struggled. I struggled in my mind. I struggled with some of the things that I'd embraced and thought they were all right, this is how you live. But somehow i had embraced them and they'd really got a hold of my humanity. And that can vary in a whole lot of different, to different people. You know, uh, today that we can really get held and, and caught by many different things. And I just sort of woke up this morning, and I haven't done this for a while, but I just asked Nick to get me a bit of rope. And, you know, if you you look at this, this is life. And really we want our life to, in a way, be not tangled up. You know, just, it's a a good life. No tangles. But somehow in life, even as Christians, it doesn't take long before you're starting to feel inside you there's a whole web of knots. How's that all going to get untangled, you know? And, and, you know, the strange thing is that as Christians, we often invite that to happen. And, and we come into church and we realize that there's something inside me that's all knotted up. All knotted up. It's tangled up inside me. And really, you know, you and I have given permission for that to happen. And sometimes that permission happened before you gave your heart to Jesus, and God really wants to break you free from it. Sometimes that permission happens even as a Christian. We open ourselves up, and in a way, salvation is, is really saying, Well, yeah, I forgive you. I want to break you free from shame. But salvation is more than just actually setting you free from your past, it's actually dealing with your humanity now. Yeah. And it's the wonderful thing about age is that you can go back and I can say, I thank you, God, that you've led me on journeys. So today, in a way, it's a bit of a testimony of how God has helped me to untangle the knots. And, you know, sometimes that's happened even as a preacher. (laughs) I've had some knots inside me, and I think I've shared about anger. I've shared about different things I've struggled with and how God's had to get in and in a way, I've never felt condemned. I've let God just untangle the knots, but a lot of Christians go through life and they're, they're, they come to church, but they're always struggling because inside them, they realize there's just knots in their humanity and their things. And, and, and we, we don't want to cover that over in a way that, oh, well, you've got to live like that forever. God wants to teach you how to overcome. Religion, religion's about rules and laws. How many know religion doesn't work? <laughs> It never frees you from this. Religion doesn't. You, you will try harder, but fail more. <laughs> Amen? Anyone found that out? The more you try, the more you fail. Uh, and, and it just doesn't work. But yet Jesus can help us to overcome. And I want to share just uh, two scriptures which have really helped me. I could identify every every... You know, we we all have brokenness in our humanity. But one of the areas, especially as a young man growing up, that I had a real problem with was materialism. I'd buy something new and never satisfied. I'd always want something more. And I grew up, I I was blessed. Um, My journey was I had a farm when I was 21 years of age. Uh, By the time I was 22, 23, 24, 5, I could buy a brand new car every year and pay cash for it. So I I was all right. But on top of that, I I sort of had this sort of thing that I had to have other things. And in my day, I wanted boats. And I, I went out and I'd buy a new boat and I'd pull my new boat up to the shore in Lake Taupo, where I'd go. And I'd always look at the neighboring boat and thinking, oh man, why didn't I get a boat like that? I, get a boat, like, I was never satisfied with this new boat that I had. It was almost like, no, no, I, I, I want this other one. And I don't know why, it was just, I, I would be driving my car, and I would just find my, my car would somehow automatically come in to a boat shop. <laughs> and I'd park outside it. And then I'd go into the boat shop, and I'd start, start scheming about how I could buy a new boat, even though I couldn't afford it. And then I'd go on this splurge where I'd try and convince Helen how we could do it. <laughs> Which really, again, but, but it became a, an issue to the point that one day the Holy Spirit just clearly spoke to me, and I'll give you a scriptural reference of it, clearly spoke to me and said, Bruce, I want you to sell your boat. I said, I want you to sell your boat. And... And so I said, but why? I said, because the boat's controlling you. Now, the annoying thing is my brother, who's a bit older than me, he went out and bought a boat the same week that God was speaking to me. I said, no, no, you're a sinner. You can't have boats. They're evil. <laughs> but the boat was evil to him, but it, wasn't, it was evil to me, but it wasn't to him because it was a problem of me that God had to deal with. And so there was many, many years I just went by and I never had a boat because the problem was the boat was controlling me. I wasn't controlling the boat. Yeah, right. Then one day God just said, Bruce, you can buy a boat and if you don't, you won't survive the next 10 years. Well, I thought, before, man, I better and buy a boat. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another story. But if you, if you come into James, the book of James, and, and I've always loved the book of James in my Christian journey because out of any book, it's really helped me to deal with my own humanity. It's helped me to deal with the knots inside me. And in James chapter one, it says, blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. So temptation in itself is not sinful. You gotta understand that. Jesus was tempted. But what the devil wants to do is, he wants you to, the moment you're tempted, he wants you to feel bad. Because if you feel bad, then he knows you, he's about to hook you and take you in. But Jesus was tempted, but he never yielded to temptation. So temptation is not the issue. It's what you do with it is the issue. So every single one in this room is tempted. Every single one of us. You're not tempted by God, but the devil comes along and he wants to put something right, he wants to plaster something right in front of you so that it will distract you, it will draw you away from what God wants the best for you. So temptation, when you're, when you're tempted, don't think you've sinned. Just because you look at something. It's the second look is the dangerous look. Amen. It's when you actually put yourself in it, you're in trouble. Then it goes on, it says, uh, let no one say he's tempted, I'm tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. So God's not the tempter, but God allows it. Because he doesn't want wimpy, weak Christians. He wants Christians who can live in a world where the environment is evil, but not letting the world overcome them. Amen? So that's what God's really wanting to do. That's what Christianity is all about. It's not just a matter of feeling nice and being prayed for. That some, there's some things that you will never do. I, I, I got discouraged with praying for people one time. I, I pray for people now, but I got discouraged and I stopped praying for people literally because you know, you can't deliver someone from what the cross can only deal with. I can pray and lift off oppression, but there's some things only the cross can deal with. And really, in a way, you know, just in a simple story, the greatest counsel I've ever received was from the Holy Spirit. And I was feeling hurt. Has anyone ever felt hurt? I don't normally get really hurt, but I was hurt. And, uh, And I felt vulnerable, and I thought, oh, God, you'll understand. So I came to God. I said, man, God, I'm hurt. Don't you feel my pain? And do you know what his reply was? It was the quickest counsel I've ever had. He just simply said, dead men don't hurt. Have you died with me? <laughs> Get on the cross, Bruce. <laughs> Literally what he said. And I thought, okay, I stood up and I thought, well, I'm dead. <laughs> no one can ever hurt me. Now, that was the Holy Spirit. I, I reckon a lot of people today should go to the Holy Spirit Council. You'll find it'd be very quick. You won't have to pay a lot of money. <laughs> Amen. You won't have to cry a lot. You'll just die. <laughs> Amen. It'll just, you're yeah, done. Amen. I know some people need a little bit more than that, but anyhow, help me. But here's, here's what I want you to know. Please look. Please look. But each one is tempted. And here, here's the line. I think everyone should underline it in their Bible. Each one is tempted when, uh, sorry, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, amen? So you're tempted, but you're tempted, goes a little further, you're enticed. And I'll explain it in a moment. You're enticed. Then, the desire has conceived, so the moment you're enticed and you take hold of it, that desire conceives. It gives room for, what I said, it's like the knot. Something's, something's, something's gone off inside you. Amen? Something's gone off inside you. You, you, feel, you don't feel comfortable anymore. You know you're saved, but there's something gone off inside you. And that's really what it says. And, and, then when desires conceive, it gives birth to sin. So there's something in you. And as Christians, we don't think we sin, but we do. And it's better to come up front and talk about it honestly, because we're never going to find healing until we do. Amen? Can I say it? We're never going to find healing until we talk about this stuff openly. Otherwise, we're acting as though there's nothing wrong with anyone. <laughs> Can I just say, you know, there's a lot of problems in this room today. <laughs> I don't need too many words of knowledge to know that, you know, inside every one of us there's struggles. But we've given room. And one of the wonderful things, again, is been, having been a Christian a number of years, I, I know you can overcome. It's not a lie. Everybody can find a place of overcoming, everybody can find a place of healing. Then it goes on and it says, And when it is full grown, it brings forth death. That's when something literally dies inside you and you say, I can't can't deal with this. This is too big for me. Something in your relationship, your connection with Jesus dies. It can happen in many ways. Materialism, I explained. can happen through sexual lust. It can happen through entertaining depression. It can happen through entertaining uh, relationships that are wrong. A whole lot of things can just really creep in And at the start, it's like if I, well, you can't see, but there's a line here. At the start, it's on the line, the temptation's on the other side of this line. But I look. But then I go back and look. And then the look goes a little bit further and somehow the moment I step over that line, I've actually given birth. I've given, given, not God, but I've given birth to something that will ultimately affect you and destroy you. And that's why you've got to understand is is really, if you look at it, and I'll explain this a wee bit tonight, but sin is not necessarily as bad, but it's not as complicated as you think. That is God's best. That's what God wants for me. He wants my life to be blessed. He wants me to live in harmony with him. Not that I become a religious fruitcake, (laughs) but that I become whole. I can relate to my wife, Helen, I can relate to my kids, I can relate to my grandchildren, I can be effective in the ministry God's given me, why? Because there's a wholeness, there's a completeness, there's a harmony about my life, there's something that I can enjoy. I think that harmony, the older you get, the more you realize that impacts your health. Because a lot of physical problems are actually induced by spiritual problems. So, so this is the best, God, God really wants me to do all I can to keep moving towards his best, his salvation, his wholeness. That's what God wants. But the word sin simply means to miss the mark. And I might just go along and I might just think, oh, nah, that's, that's a wee bit over the top. You know, I, I, I don't really think that I need to really worry about that too much. It's only little. It was only a little step out. But now I've missed the mark of God's best. And that's why God God really died for our sin. It's because he said, no, he's the best. So sin is not, you naughty boy, I'm going to cane you. (laughs) It's more God saying, oh, no. I had so much for them. This is where I wanted them to be, I I wanted to bless them, I wanted to prosper them, I wanted to give them health, I wanted them to live in harmony with me, I wanted them to live in harmony with the people they're in contact with. Oh no, why did they do that stupid thing? And ultimately, we have to take responsibility for the decisions we make and we reap the consequences of what we do. And you know, you're still a Christian. You understand what I'm talking about? You're still a Christian. You're still a Christian. And, you know, on Friday, I did what I did, love doing. I actually have a boat, (laughs) and I went fishing. And I go by myself, because I sometimes dislike space by myself. And I was out there, and I was using bait. I won't bore you too much, using bait. And I caught a couple, and I thought, oh, no, I'll put on what they call a, a plastic lure. And so I put this plastic lure on. It was one. I tried a couple, and they didn't work. And then I got this one. Well, I thought this looks pretty good, and, and I put it over. And the moment it dropped the bottom, something got hold of it. It was caught. It was hooked. And the next five minutes was just joy, <laughs> absolute joy, you know, because you 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 are feeling this fish. And every now and again, when you're bringing a fish, and you've got to give it freedom. You've got to give it freedom. Because freedom just allows you to let it go off. Then you put a little bit of weight on it and you bring it in a bit further. And then when you feel it's starting to put, no, no, you can have a little bit of freedom. I'll give you a little bit of freedom, mate. I'll give you a little bit of freedom. But then you put a little bit more weight on. Actually, the word enticed is the same word for lure. It's the same word for lure. So what God does is is my simple fishing illustration is he just casts, the devil casts the lure out. He goes, here, 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 here fishies, here fishies. And you can say, oh no, not today in Jesus' name. Or else you say, wow, that looks entertaining. No, I could never live without that. I need that. It's like, you know, going to buy a dress, girls, and you haven't got the money, but you just look in the window. The danger is when you walk in the shop. <laughs> you know, just wave, just wave, just wave. But the, the thing is, now, now, come on, I'm talking reality. Come on, I'm talking. How, how many know I'm talking to you? <laughs> how many know I'm talking to you? Come on, put your hand up if you know I'm talking to you. Right, right? So, so, so the moment you think, Wow, that looks good. Bang, got it. Now initially, you know you're hooked, but the devil will give you freedom. He will give you freedom. He will will allow you just to have freedom. Every now and again, without you even knowing, he'll just roll you in a little bit. He'll just bring you in. He'll bring you in, but you're hooked the moment you're hooked by something, only the name of Jesus can break you free. Only the name of Jesus can break you free. Otherwise, you will live with that, and it will become deeper and deeper. And one of the things I've learned, you know, Helen and I got a little wee puppy, and her name's Molly, and she's cute. And she wouldn't, she she couldn't hurt anything. But you get one of those rock wheelers, you know, those big mouths, you can tell by that their jaw, how how big they're, if they bit you, what would happen? Really, in a way, lust is like that, is you'll never satisfy, you can never satisfy lust. You can never satisfy. It's like the boat story. If I got a bigger boat, I'd find another bigger boat. It's like, you know, they, they, they say serial killers start with just a little magazine to pornography. They can never satisfy this animal, never satisfy. It doesn't matter how far they go. So, so in a way, the nature of it is to bring death in your life and you can never satisfy it. That's why you've gotta to learn to deal with the issues of the heart. That's why, that's why the Christian gospel is so powerful because it is the only means to deal with the brokenness of our humanity. It's the only means. There's no other means. There's no other means to deal with the brokenness of your humanity, none. And really, you know, healing, the greatest healing in, in my life would have to be the healing of the things that I, in my mind, just got knotted up, tangled, and I had to find a way out. And I read, the scripture I read, I'm not putting it up, was Matthew chapter five, it's the sermon on the mountain. And it just basically says if your left arm causes you to sin, cut it off. And when I read it, I said, Holy Spirit, what are you you talking about? He said, Bruce, stop. Literally, just as clear as it was. Bruce, stop letting your car park outside a boat shop. Stop. Don't do it anymore. I remember, and I just simply said, okay, I can do that. So from that day on, I never parked outside a boat shop, never looked in a magazine, never went on the internet looking for boats for sale. I just cut that out. Why? Because no, no, I'd rather go to heaven, amen, Then go short. And, and oh, I cut it out. And, and you know, you might be here today, and you might be into pornography. Perhaps you just need to get rid of your computer. Kind of simple as that, or whatever, the, whatever the attraction is. You say, well, I couldn't live without that, but no, no, isn't it better? to cut that off than to actually in the end what, what, what's the problem? Perhaps, perhaps you're in credit card debt have you ever thought about cutting your credit card up? Come on, have you ever thought about it? Probably that would be better than just incurring debt after debt buying things you cannot afford wouldn't you be better to do that? In a way, things we make complicated aren't complicated. They just simply, if you look in the Word of God, there's ways to help you to overcome and find healing for your broken humanity. And we all have to address it. 2 Corinthians just says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every argument and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity by the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Really, you know, when I grew up, everybody says, wow, we need spiritual warfare in the church. People are, oh, in Jesus' name, I break that spirit. No, no it's not, that's not what it says. It says in your mind, in your mind, you're entertaining things. That's destroying you. you got thought up here that are like an entangled web. and the moment you pull them down the moment you pull them down and exalt what God says that's where your freedom is do you you know it's not in Jesus name (laughs) it's just somebody saying man I got some wrong thought patterns here I'm entertaining some wrong stuff. It's not helping me. I think some of the things we watch, some of the things we read, and then people wonder why they're in problems. <laughs> and I'm not being prudish. I, I, I watch some good programs on Netflix, but boy, there's some rubbish on there too. But people are into it. It's almost like they're feeding on it. Anything that feeds you, you're in trouble with why you've got to actually deal with some stuff in your own humanity. The power to overcome is the greatest means of your healing. Greatest means of your healing. Letting God heal and letting God minister. We had a girl and I've only got through one this morning, but I probably knew I'd only get through one. (laughs) Because I really felt that this was right tonight I'm going to talk about five other areas really quickly and we're going to finish with communion. God's going to break stuff. But I, I knew that this was right. But we had this girl in our, we, Helen and I were in London for seven years. She came in. And you know, when we arrived in London, we didn't know how to build the church. And so, you know, Helen and I, we were in our 50s, went about all the neighbourhoods putting brochures in letterboxes. We went to universities, an orientation week. You know, we were in our 50s. That's what we did. We just went out. We didn't know how to do it. Uh, Mark and Monica Collard. Mark, Monica Collard was one of the first people who came to our church. Uh, you know, simply through Helen and I going on to a university, here we were and we thought, how do we get people's attention? Oh, we'll just put a Moro bar with a brochure of tape to it and we just handed them out in university and, and people, you know, that, that was our conduct. But this girl, Helen, Helen went and I don't know whether, for those who've been in London will understand, they don't have a letter box. They just have a letter trap. It's in the door of your house. And if you're not careful, it can almost trap your hand. And so Helen didn't like doing it, but she thought, no, no, this is what God's got us. So she put brochure, <laughs> take her hand away because she's scared. But this girl comes to church. She said, I got this brochure in, in, uh, in my letterbox five weeks ago. We, we started to uncover a story and this girl had been, she started to tell a story she had been um, suicidal six, five, no, six times she sought to take a life. She had the records. So it wasn't a made-up story. She had the records. And she right from the age of 15, she'd gone through hell. Just trying to find out who she is. She compared herself with a sister and felt her mother favoured her. And, you know, she had a typical story. And then as a Christian, she sought to take her life. She came to our church and we just started to minister to her and she started to find wholeness and health, just sort of in a way talking like this, like I'm talking to you today, helping people to understand the power of salvation, what God did. And she, she just one day she went home and she wrote out 66 promises. Helen's got her written test, uh, recorded testimony. It's a very powerful testimony. 66 promises, and she said, you know, every day I'd wake up and I'd read. From the Word of God, who God says I am. She goes through. She, what she was doing is she was replacing the negative with the positive. The negative with the positive. She was pulling down strongholds, and she was magnifying the Word of God. She did it. She did it. And, and God literally changed her. And so we got her to give a testimony, and she gives her testimony, and she tells her story. And then the wonderful thing is she falls in love. And she met this lovely English boy and he was besotted by her. And I can't quite remember the English words that he used, but, you know, he said it in a very nice English way, you know. Oh, she's smashing, I think he said, you know. It was just those sort of words, you know. And he was in our house and, you know, three days later she was killed. but she was killed when she was whole. She got, she was riding a bike in London and got jammed between a truck and a trailer. And I took a funeral and, but I tell a story, it is sad, but that girl died in victory. She died in victory because we just had her testimony. She died. And Helen tells her story. It's a powerful story. Listening to the story. I love to tell it because it's magnifying what God did in her life. And I'm sure she's up in heaven saying, come on, Bruce, tell it again. (laughs) You know, because it magnifies the power of the Word of God to change a desperate, broken soul. Amen. And I believe that we need to give God room. And I've I've used this, not illustration in different places before, but I woke up, and it wasn't on my agenda today, but when I woke up, the Holy Spirit just said, Bruce, I want you to get a bit of rope. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch.